0: Hey guys, welcome to The Health Addict Show. Before we get started, though, I wanna cover a couple things. This show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I am not your doctor. So if you have questions or concerns about your own health, please ask a physician, okay? Get the right information for you. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright everybody, welcome to the Health Addict Show. I'm your host Tommy Jane. We got another good episode for you today. I know I said I would talk about hip fractures, but we're going to talk about trauma too. I mean, it's a really good topic to really dive into just because trauma is definitely one of the main reasons for death or mortality in the United States. And it's not just the trauma itself. It's the after effects of trauma, the treatment course, the getting the person back to their daily activity. There's a lot of things that go into treating somebody from a previous trauma. So we're going to dive into some things and just kind of go over why it's such a bad thing for especially the elderly to have a trauma. Now, when I talk about trauma, we're talking about the actual physical actions of impact and other things that happen to the body. We're not talking about other infection sources. We're talking about physical reactions and actions to the body. And this is very important to understand. I mean, there's other facets too. We can talk about mental illness and PTSD and things like that, but we're really focusing on the physical damage that caused from a trauma to a patient. Cause like I said, it's not just the physical damage that causes somebody. We're talking about a very long recovery periods. We're talking about the money that comes with a trauma, both in the initial treatment and the recovery phase and the physical therapy that comes from the trauma. Plus, you have to think about other damages that may have been caused during the trauma. It's a very emotional and physical impacting event for a person when they go through actual trauma. Now, when someone goes through a trauma, it's a very disabling effect. Now, you have a lot of things that could happen, both mentally and physically, that cause you not to be able to perform your daily activities. This can include things like injuries to your legs and arms that affect the way you have mobility and how you would do your normal daily activities, especially if you have injuries to the hands, to the joints, things like that. You can also have injuries to your head, which can cause confusion or alter mental status or things at like loss in memory. So it's very important to understand there's a lot of things that come with a trauma basis outside of just a life-threatening injury. Because with a lot of traumas, especially at the fractures, especially it's a femur fracture or a very large bone fracture like your tibia, um, you also have your humerus that have big fractures. Sometimes you have to actually have surgical interventions for pins and rods. Spinal injuries might need pins and rods and other forms of intervention that could cause a patient to be on long-term disability. There's a lot of things that go into fixing a trauma. And it's much more past just saving someone's life because it's never really the trauma that's the hard part to treat. Yeah, you can fix a gunshot wound, you might have to sew an artery or in a vein, you might have to put pins and rods in somebody, but the real issue comes post the surgery and the trauma. It's really the healing phase that takes the most work getting someone back to their normal daily lives. So this is where we're gonna digress and get into hip fractures, because I really wanna touch on this subject in particular, just because there's a lot of people that suffer from hip fractures and they have such a high mortality rate. Because here's the statistic that I really wanted to hit home with, and that is over 50 years of age, hip fractures cause a mortality rate anywhere from 14% all the way up to 58% in some studies in all these patients, which is a huge significant. I mean, it's a big swing, too, so you really have to look at the data, but there's an average percentage of one in five people who have a hip fracture die within a one-year period, which is a huge significant number. Now, I want to make something else clear for everyone so they kind of get a better basis on this. We're not talking about a pelvic fracture. Pelvic fracture can be healed as well, and there is a lot of mortality with pelvic fractures as well. But a hip fracture talks more about the joint itself. We're talking about the joint at the acetabulum where we're having the biggest problems with fractures. And remember, this femur bone is a very thick and hard bone. It's as strong as steel. So that's why the healing process takes so long. Now there's three main types of fractures when it comes to your femur. You can have a joint capsular, you can have a trochanteric fracture, a subtrochanteric fracture. And if you remember your anatomy and physiology, you can kind of get the idea where these fractures are happening, but more or less it's happening at the top of the head of the bone towards the joint where the femur connects with the actual pelvic bone. And I know what you're saying, you're saying, Tommy, I thought you said this bone was as strong as steel. How is it breaking so easily? Well, the main issue is osteoporosis in the elderly. We're talking about very soft and brittle bones as they age, and even a slip and fall can cause traumatic injury to this area. And trust me, people fall all the time. It doesn't matter how old you are. People have accidents, they trip, they fall downstairs, other slippery surfaces, ladders, anything you can think of with a high area that increases your velocity and your mass, and then you hit the ground real hard on something else that's really hard. Hip fractures happen in anyone, but more importantly, they happen in the elderly. And for the elderly, it is nine out of 10 times, they're falling and this is what causes their hip fracture. So you really have to realize why they're falling though, because it explains a lot of the story. And one reason off the top is dementia. A patient might forget where they're at and forget what they're doing and just start getting up when they're not supposed to, they're not safe. They think they're a different age, it's a different time period and they realize they can't walk and next thing you know, bam, they hit the ground, which is terrible. That's why we need patient sitters with these people or maybe a monitor that may correct them if they forget where they're at. Another two things to really think about as you age, your increased chance of stroke and a heart attack increase. So patients that have cardiomyopathy, or hypertension, or diabetes, they put themselves at these high risks for stroke and heart attack, which can happen, which cause patients to fall, which is a terrible thing. We don't want that, but it does happen, unfortunately, and the hip is one of the main things that hits first. Because really think about it. I don't want to fall on my butt from standing position. That hurts. I mean, it wasn't such a big deal when you're younger, but your center of mass and your height and everything else included, that's a hard hit. And if your bones are brittle, they go. And finally, well, I might lose some people on this one because they might not agree with this one, but it is actually a statistic and it is car accidents because as you grow older, your reaction times and you're not driving as safely as you should making aggressive turns or not thinking about when you do a turn. And guess what, folks? Car accidents do happen, whether it's a front collision or a side collision, you put yourself in a pressure point to where that car hits at that pelvic region and a hip fracture is definitely in the realm of that spectrum. But again, this isn't where the mortality actually is. It isn't from the actual physical trauma, which it could be if you hit your head and some other things. But generally, a hip fracture isn't a life-threatening situation as it stands. So a little bit of surgery, some blood products to stabilize, a little bit of other medications and the other courses, and a patient comes out and they're ready to be able to come home in a few weeks. But here lies the real issue when it comes to hip fractures, and that is the patient is now immobile. They have no real way to get up, move around, do their daily activities, and they become a slug. And a slug is in the medical terms, a term that we use for people that do not do anything but just lie or sit in bed all day. Because let's face it, slugs don't move very far or very fast. So why is this an issue? Some of you might be thinking, well, shouldn't they be resting? They just had a hip fracture in surgery. They should be sitting and being okay. Well, here comes the issue. You put yourself at an increased risk for pneumonia because you're not coughing and clearing, taking big, deep breaths, especially the elderly. They're very susceptible to a lot of non-socomial infections, especially since a lot of the elderly are in these care homes that are surrounded by a bunch of different people. Next, you're not getting up and moving around, which means blood isn't moving around. You're not, it's sitting in spots. It's not moving like it should, which means we form clots. And like many of us know, a good DVT, deep vein thrombosis, can throw very fast and go in many different places. It might cause a heart attack. It might go to a coronary artery. It might go to your pulmonary artery and cause a PE. It might go up into the brain, into that circle of willis, and then cause a stroke. We don't like this, okay? Any kind of thrombosis is dangerous in the elderly especially if a lot of core morbidities to it if you're obese diabetic there's a lot of things we really need to get patients up and moving around and doing that physical therapy to get that blood moving around and if they're on blood thinners now to help with that you only you have another situation you don't want them to fall again And that brings us to reason number three. Having a hip fracture makes you at a high risk to fall again, which would be terrible. We don't want that because guess what? You could have another fracture or refracture or fracture the other side, and then we have another big issue. So Getting a patient to sit and not move around, especially if they have dementia, is really, really hard. I don't know if you ever had to work with somebody with dementia, but guess what, folks? You can't tell that person what to do because they don't even know who you are. They're like, what is this guy bossing me around for? Get away from me. I know what I'm doing. They even forget sometimes because they're on so much pain medication. So outside the reasons that are obvious, like infections and clots and other comorbidities that come from having hip fracture, you could actually have another fall or another injury, which is what we don't want to have. And finally, this one's a little bit more trickier, but it has to deal with more getting the patient the right physical therapy, because if they don't do physical therapy, that patient is most likely not going to walk again, because let's face it, that joint's going to lock up, it's going to be painful, it's going to be arthritic, they're not going to be able to use it as much as they want to, and then that patient's not going to be walking as well, which means they don't do anything, turning them into a bigger slug and more issues down the road. And let's also state the obvious in the room. Physical therapy is not cheap. A lot of these long-term care facilities are already expensive. So to have physical therapy now coming two, three, five times a week to treat with this patient to get them up and moving around, you're talking massive amounts of medical care especially if you have occupational therapy and physical therapy seeing this patient, now you have a lot of things going on with this patient because who knows, maybe they're still in the workforce. I mean, if you're 55, you might not even be retired at this point. And it's still a lot of work to get a patient up and moving around with a hip fracture. So what are your takeaways from this episode? I think the biggest takeaway is to know that hip fractures have multiple facets that come with it. One, they're expensive. Two, most likely you're gonna need surgery and three, put you at a high risk for mortality if you're not treated right. So this makes it extra crucial to take care of our elderly, make sure that they're safe, make sure they're being watched, make sure we have padding around them if we have a fall risk, or make sure they have the non-slip socks on to make sure that they're walking fine even if no one's home. It's really important to make sure that we take care of them because in the end, this could be a life-threatening problem for them if it's not taken care of correctly. All right, folks, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a lot about hip fractures and why we care so much about them and just overall why it's so dangerous for somebody to get one, especially as we age. If you have questions about the show, please message me, email me any way you want. I'm on all the platforms. If you have other questions or you want to learn something else about the show, please message me. I'd be happy to talk about it. And I hope you stay addicted to your health. Follow some more episodes if you want to learn some more about the Health Addict Show. And I will see you all next time.